This is the Tech Talk for Accountants show with your host, Andrew Lassis, where every week we have a new guest to discuss the latest technology, apps, tips, and tricks to help you improve your accounting firm. This episode is brought to you by Tech for Accountants, an IT firm that specializes in cybersecurity for the small accounting firm. Many of our clients used to work at big firms that had all this crazy security and then went to work for themselves, and while they knew it was important to have great IT security, they just have too many other things to worry about and don't have enough time to actually learn this stuff. What we do is help bridge the gap so that even small accounting firms have great security at a fraction of the cost of doing it themselves, and it's all done for you. We offer listeners to the show a complimentary IT audit and consultation. Just go to tech4accountants.net slash podcast. And you can book a free IT audit. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Tech Talk for Accountants show. Your host, Andrew Lassis with Tech for Accountants, IT specialists in the accounting industry. And with us today, David Cristillo of Jetpack Workflow, the CEO, the head honcho. At, and we're going to talk today about project management for accountants, standardization of services, and basically, you know, some of the problems that accountants run into when it comes to these things and how uh, David is the best person on earth to solve these problems. So David, how are you? Good, good, good. Really excited to be on, really excited to connect uh, with your community and, and talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts, which you already kind of mentioned, which is, uh, you know, how do you standardize your work so you can scale with uh, more profitability and sanity? Well, more profitability and sanity, I think everybody is on board with, you know, ask a business owner, it's like, would you like to be more profitable and, you know, scalability and predictability? It's like, nah, I love the chaos. <laughs> I love the uncertainty and the how much I hate everything. So um, for those who aren't aware, why don't you give them sort of a, a high level uh, Jetpack workflow and, and sign of the problems you guys are solving? Yeah, absolutely. So Jetpack workflow, um, we have a, a, a cloud-based application of the same name uh, where we help uh, small to medium-sized accounting, bookkeeping, payroll, and tax firms uh, really standardize how they deliver service work. So you and your team are following the same process each and every time. Uh, we help you kind of automate the recurring deadlines and due dates. We help you automate when things are triggered for your team teammates to be worked on. And then we give you a, a set of things to help you kind of track a set of views and reports. So you make sure things are not falling through the cracks. And, uh, and you alluded to something earlier, which is, you know, what accounting firm wouldn't want more profitability and sanity. And I think, you know, one of the big traps that happen early on is, you, you know, you start your firm because you're probably an exceptional executor in terms of advisory, accounting, tax, payroll, bookkeeping, you know what needs to be done and you know how the service needs to be provided. And then you kind of got to go into engine builder mode and you have to stop driving the car and you got to become the mechanic to build the engine. And it's a, it's a different skill set. It's very relatable to accounting, but you have to switch gears and put on a different hat. And that's really, really challenging when you're already overworked typically. And so uh, that's really where we like to kind of step in and provide not only the, the software, but uh, hopefully a great uh, support and service experience to make sure you can get things out of your brain or out of a spreadsheet into a central cloud solution. I know for myself, starting my own company eight years ago, that was exactly the case of, I know how to do IT backwards and forwards. Like you need anything done, I can help you. Therefore, I must start my own company. And then, you know, the company starts growing. And I think we hit our 
or I hit my capacity. I want to say like we had 300 and uh, 300 clients under our management or my management and then had to start hiring people and getting the information from my brain into somebody else's brain, especially because so much stuff, you know, after a while, you become really good at what you're doing. And so much of it is second nature to me. It's like, oh, well, you know, startup, you're getting this error message. And it's like, all right, well, check config. Like, oh, It's like, you wouldn't, no one who's listening knows what that means. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I take IT people with some, some background and, you know, it's like kind of, kind of mold them. And then you run into, come on, I told you this a month ago. Don't you remember? Don't you know everything that I know? Like, I'll just do it myself. And then you go back into those, those thought processes wearing every single hat. And are you familiar with, uh, with Emeth Revisited? You'd kind of hit on, you know, you're the technician inside the company, but then you need to upgrade yourself to the manager and the entrepreneur. So changing that mindset of like, I am going to be the best accountant possible and I am going to know everything that there is to know so that I can help my clients, which that makes a lot of sense. But when you're growing a business, if you don't have processes in place for people to follow, especially if you got new people coming in and they don't know everything that you know, mistakes are expensive. Like that's where things falling through the cracks are very expensive. And why having software like this? I know up front, it's like, oh, I don't want to spend money. But where would you say would be kind of the sweet spot where someone should be looking into software like Jetpack Workflow? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and before I answer the question, I think you hit on something you know, interesting, which um, I'll relay as, you know, I think the more entrepreneurial you are as a, as a firm owner, uh, the harder it is to take a step back and say, how do I put together a detailed bulletproof process? And then even if you've dedicated the you know, time to create that, you then have to drive the change management in yourself and your team. And so it's a constant battle of kind of pruning the weeds of the garden because it's not going to be perfect. People aren't perfect. They're going to forget to take a look at the system. You're going to forget some sort of contextual information. You're going to forget to upload a certain document that they need or where to access certain client information. You have to go back and continue to, to, to kind of fine tune this process. And hopefully at scale, you hire somebody else to fine tune the process and you can go out and kind of do what you want to do with the firm. Um, but I will say from a, from a uh, uh, you know, implementation perspective, you know, once you've solidified your revenue base, and that can mean different things for different people, but let's just say it's low six figures, so call it 150 to, to 250K a year, you know that you're going to have a salary, you know that your mortgage is going to be paid, like everything's going to be okay, you're delivering great service to your clients, they're not going anywhere. I, I think right at that time is kind of ideal. And then anytime after that is you're playing catch up. So it's like, you're, you're in a really great place to start doing this around that revenue uh, uh, spectrum. And you're about to probably make your first, maybe it's your second hire, but ideally it's right before your first hire. But you will certainly start to feel the pain you know, by hires three and four if you don't have something standardized and you don't have a centralized place to, to kind of point to. Um, and so you know, the sooner the better in, in, in your life cycle, but we've worked with firms that are, are much further along and they're, and they're managing 17 different versions of spreadsheets to manage all these things. And, you know, it obviously, you know, you have more work to do to implement it, but it can still be done. It's just, you know, sooner the better. 
and people are expensive and people make mistakes. And I mean, even, even for myself, sometimes, I mean, I try to do as little as possible inside the company and work on higher level things that are very Andrew specific, but every now and then, you know, it's a throttle. And I mean, this week, for instance, um, one of our salesmen is out and, or actually three of our salesmen are out from a team of four. So there's one person handling four full-time employees worth of work. So I have to take a step down and work on the sales side, which I mean, happy to help, but it's just, it's not my zone of excellence, like putting together on the entrepreneurial side, this is what it needs to look like every single time. And then I get in my head of, of all right, you know, so we get a deal, someone's interested and, and I'm the one that's closing it. Right. And then in my head, it's like, I know everything that, that, that we need for the stuff. So, I, you know, I'm getting the information and then we hang up the phone and it was like, crap, I forgot. I need billing information and shipping information. And we can't send to a PO box. And I forgot that detail. And it's like, if I look at, you know, here is the process for new salesmen. Here is when you close a deal, do not forget to tell them our phone number for tech support. Like don't have them calling the inbound line where you're speaking with account managers. Like you can circumvent and these things where we've made the processes and then, you know, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to following them. And the system says, okay, well, you know, this is a required field. Where are we shipping the welcome package or packages? Because there's multiple spots you didn't ask. And so having these things documented, it makes it way easy up front to make sure that everybody is hitting everything that they're supposed to be doing. And I mean, frankly, our success was in retrospect, kind of despite ourselves. And we had about 30-ish employees and didn't really have processes, but you know, we're all in an office. Everybody can talk to each other. Hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? And you know, four different offices and it was chaos now looking back at it, but it was, it was familiar. So I didn't realize how insane it was until looking back. And then we got uh, this one client that they were just pumping us with new deals. I mean, it's the best problem in the world for, for a company to have, right? But we didn't have all these processes and things in place like we do now. And we had to hire basically 20 people overnight and take the 30 existing staff with varying views on how things are done and then train 20 new people on how things are done without standardization. And it was so expensive and so many just dumb things of balls dropped of, oh yeah, my shift ends in an hour, but I told them to call back in an hour and a half and I forgot to document the ticket. So I, you know, all these things now we have in place. I mean, years and years later, after feeling how terrible it was not having these things in place. So I strongly would recommend uh, not getting to 30 employees before implementing something like this or 50 for that matter, because then you've got to get everybody on board with it instead of here's just the way that we always do it here. There's no questions. There's no pushback. It's just the way. So when you guys are tackling 
the workflow management, what are some of the, the pieces that you guys are really focusing on or some of the things that are better to have different, you know, everyone kind of has their sweet spot and then there, here's another thing that you can add on. Like, what's that kind of look like for you guys? Yeah, well, I, and I do want to just kind of reemphasize your your point. You know, when you're scaling up 30 employees, 40, 50, where are you at today? Well, now we have systems and things in place. Top line is exactly the same with 12. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow, I mean, we... it's it's been a journey, but it's kind of insane now being able to accomplish well and, you know, shining the light on how inefficient everything was going through the process of we need to systematize this, this, that, and the other, because we didn't realize how much time we were wasting yeah. with, you know, there was just wasn't structure. Like now it's, if you'd like to speak, like we just have an appointment with a person dedicated for this, which automatically creates a ticket, which automatically comes up when your appointment happens, where you can write your notes in a systematized way. And, you know, just as time went on, you know, people quit or were fired and it was like, do we need to replace them? Well, no, I mean, we can still get by. And just as time went on, you know, it's like, we're down to 10 or down to, I mean, it's kind of air quotes down to 10 all-stars that follow the systems. And as the owner, it's like, I have so much less on my plate that I have to worry about because new guy made this mistake this person who's been here forever forgot that we changed this policy to that. And it's like, I can literally have one-on-ones with everyone. I, I have like as many people on staff now that I had in management at that time and things get lost in translation, different shifts have different, I mean, all these things. The efficiency factor is so, so underrated. If we're only looking at this software, cost this much money you know in the it side we've we've got our own kind of version of it it's seven thousand five hundred dollars a year for what we're handling now and if we had 50 people it'd be seventy five thousand. but <laughs> it's it's easier now but well, that's having- just it because the, i mean when when you know certainly in today's economy where you have the you know you have spikes in resignations you have you know, new demands on salary, you have inflation that's putting pressure on everything across the world. It's like, well, how do you afford the right talent for your firm? And, you know, anecdotally, we've seen firms kind of follow the same trajectory that you had just talked about, where it's like, they're trying to solve problems. Um, And this isn't a you thing or them thing. It's just very, very common because you're so busy, you're growing quickly. And a really fast way to solve problems is hire you know, hourly, part-time, full-time, you're just trying to get people in there because that's what you're used to. And frankly, you kind of think that's how business is supposed to be done. And it, it kind of feels good to hire people. You get to tell people, oh, our headcount's going crazy. I mean, you're stressed out, but it feels, you know, it's, it, it's, it's kind of this nice external vanity metric. But then the real question is, once you scale back down, you realize that you have more margin to either hire better talent, which frees you up significantly and builds better redundancy for your firm. And then you also have more margins to, you know, either just take home and invest in other assets if you want to, or double down on your acquisition front, because you can now afford that. And so if your business is kind of stuck in in a mode where you don't feel like you can invest the way you need to, to build the firm you want, there's probably a lot of inefficiencies. I mean, 
even as a software company that builds uh, uh, tools to help with this, we've run into our own version of this where, you know, we, we had inefficiencies, whether it's in our, in our acquisition spend, uh, whether we kind of overhired because, you know, you go through these extreme growth periods and you, and you think that's how you're supposed to solve them. But until you start peeling back the onion, you, you, you don't really realize just how much additional expense and weight you put on yourself without knowing. Yeah. That, that's been one of the greatest learning lessons that I've personally come through over the last couple of years. And I mean, it wasn't all like sunshine and flowers, like from 50 to 10. I mean, there were, you know, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not the, yeah, you know, it was probably 20 of those people that were gone were like, crap, we lost this person or having to make mass fires because I wasn't paying attention, like systems in place just on an administrative side of now every single week, we look at our profitability over the last week, payroll, month, quarter, year, and just make sure that things are in place because we didn't have these controls before. It just now look at the bank account, just keeps going up. And then it's like, huh, the bank account. I don't remember where it was. I feel like it's not going up as much. And it's like, I feel like it's lower than it was, but not having these time set in place where I'm actually working on the business, on the company and keeping track of these things that actually matter. But, you know, back to the point of the efficiencies, I mean, when people are first starting out, they know it's extremely inefficient, but they're doing everything on their own. And then, you know, your first, second hire comes in and I mean, on the IT side, it's a lot of your first hire is like admin or mine personally was uh, sales because most of us are introverts and we don't like doing the sales side of things. So it's like, oh, I'll hire someone else. And I was so, so, so lucky that the first two uh, people I hired in sales were all stars, like still to date, like eight years later, like some of the best hires that I've had. So it was, some of it was just fate, destiny, luck. Um, actually, it seems like there was a lot of luck, like looking back now, knowing what I know now, but having the processes in place, having systems in place, it's going to save so much stress, time, less mistakes. I mean, there's there's an endless amount to benefits to just having something, just anything in place. So upfront, yep. you know, the spreadsheets, things like that, you can try to get it all done yourself. Your growth probably won't be what you hoped it would be. I mean, I, I killed myself to make three grand my first year. So wasn't, uh, wasn't what it is now, uh, but as part of the learning experience. So what are some of the, the mistakes that you see firm owners going through? So we hit on the not having systems and processes in place, just hire someone else. It's a vanity metric of how many people you have. End of the day, profitability is the one that I care about most now. Obviously, customer satisfaction, which leads to profitability, retention, referrals, things like that. But, you know, what are some of the mistakes that you see that something like Jetpack Workflow would assist with other than just processes and automation? Anything come to mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it gives you a lightweight set of tools to just become a more efficient manager as well. Uh, you know, we, we have this framework we talk about that's infused throughout our tool. We call it the SAT method. It means standardize, automate, track. 
And we say, you know, if you're in firefighter mode, you probably haven't standardized enough things. Like if you're constantly being hit up about where information lives or how to do something, or can you help triage it? Now, firm owner mistake is that you just answer the question, but instead you should be pointing to the tool or where you've standardized things to see if the answer lives there and then update the, the tool versus having people be trained to rely on you for the answer. So that's kind of standardized. Uh, and that's just listing out everything uh, that needs to be done for the service and adding contextual information on the client. Um, you know, if you're starting to feel burnout, I, you know, we really look at kind of the automate bucket, which is we, we say either automate or delegate. So, you know, hopefully you have something like Jetpack Workflow. So you're not manually tracking all the deadlines, and due dates in your firm. Um, but this could also be delegating, you know, kind of more entry-level tasks that you might need an executive assistant for, an admin for, entry-level employee for. Uh, and, you know, you really want to make sure, again, if you're hiring people, things are documented, the handoffs are, are triggered automatically when they're supposed to be done. Uh, and then from a track perspective, this is really where if you're starting to feel or being accused of, you know, kind of the micromanager. So the business seems to be doing well, but you have a lot of anxiety of exactly what's going on. And that tracking problem really surfaces in that you don't have visibility over what's on your team's plate and if they're getting stuck and what they got done and if it was done on time. Um, and so, you know, depending on how you're feeling, you know, when you're listening to this, if you're a firefighter, if you're burned out or if you're anxious, it probably gives you some kind of directional lens to say, oh, I need to standardize more things. Oh, I need to get more stuff off my plate through automation or delegation, or I need to set up better tracking measurements to give me more confidence in my firm. Those are such great points that you hit on. And you know, the easy, lazy, expensive way is just, well, hire someone else. And I love that you hit on having a spot where all these things are documented because when you have it documented, instead of just answering the question, which, I mean, that's what we did for like, the first couple of years was just here, let me tell you the answer, memorize the answer. Yeah. Why didn't you memorize the answer? We talked about this before. Remember when we talked about this, don't you remember? the conversation that we talked and it's like, you could also have it documented because not only will that person, you know, it's like that teaching a man to fish kind of deal. Not only will that person have the answer and it's documented and there isn't the, you told me this, no, I didn't. I would never have told you that. Well, that's what I was told by this, but just let's find the solution where we have it documented. It's like, okay, you know, Here's, here's the database, like, let's type it in about how to, what to ask when closing a sale, for instance, and getting all that information. And it's right there. And there's, there isn't the, you never said I need a shipping address. Like, you know, that particular example, which happened to me like two, three days ago, even though we've had this process literally for two years, you know, but I was just like, oh, I'm the owner. Like, I know where everything goes. I know how it's all automated. I know the back end. So I'll remember it all. And it's like, you know, take your own medicine. We have the, the things in place so that when I do need to throttle back from entrepreneur into helping out while people are on vacation and stuff, like it's not pure firefighter mode. And it looks bad having to call someone back and be like, hey, I, I forgot to ask you this. Like, that's not going to, the client's not going to be like, oh, great. They called and forgot something up front and had to ask me all these, these things. Like, I can't imagine a client would be like, that's great. They forgot and now I have to do this. So 
you have a place where all the processes are documented mm-hmm. and you know instead of wasting all that time answering people's question then you can get a new person in and say here is where all of your questions should be answered if you have a question that you can't find we're either going to add it to our database you know the solution center or we're going so we're either going to find it or we'll add it as we hadn't addressed this before so that as the company grows you've got a location for all of these things in place and if something is wrong then you know you can own it and it's no longer a you told me something different no i didn't blah blah, blah. it's like i was following the procedure all right i need to update the procedure because it's not accurate anymore. So we just have in our calendar, like every year, just go through begrudgingly, look at the solutions page. And some of it, it's like, okay, here's how to install this software that we haven't used since 2017. It's like, probably could do without this. But then other things where it's like, there's a new version of the software and Mm -hmm. the GUI looks nothing like it did when we created this in 2014. So we need to update it because this button's not called the same thing. They were acquired by this company. So all these things, do you have any thoughts on like updating the solution center? Is it kind of as it happens, but not putting out fires? I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, well, well, well a couple thoughts there. I think you hit on something really great too, which is um, kind of verbal communication is, uh, you know, probably, probably the worst way to solely rely on information. Uh, uh, um, osmosis, right? We all do it where we all jump on in-persons or Zooms or meets or whatever else. Uh, but it always has to be, uh, 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 you know, complemented by kind of a written documentation that lives somewhere. And so, you know, you're either, you know, if somebody comes to you and they're confused about, you know, they, they thought the client opened up a second location, they can't remember what state it was, you know, you tell them the state, they go off, but they, that's not logged anywhere. Uh, it, it doesn't exist in the future, right? And so, you know, you need to reference back to the tool. If it's not in the tool, you update the tool. Obviously, the, the answer has been triaged, but you point back to now that the tool has been updated as well. So there's ad hoc communication. You know, there's other things. If you're connecting on a project or a job, you know, you want to make sure. So every tool has some version of it. We have a version of it called notes. So update the notes to say what you've done, either on the client file or the project file, you know, if it doesn't live in the system, it doesn't exist at all, right? You just have to kind of live by that mantra. I know like sales teams do this all the time. It's not in the CRM, you don't get paid, right? Like that's, you know, that's our role. If it's not in there, you don't get paid. And guess what? It's going to be in there, right? Because it's just so important. It Most doesn't, the time. yeah, right. It's just so <laughs> critical to have written documentation of what was discussed. And look, nobody's perfect. We're not perfect. We're always trying to figure out you know, better ways to kind of document and update these things, but it's really important to, to kind of do this and kind of try to set the stage. You know, if the note's not in Jetpack, it doesn't exist, right? Um, so just because we talked about something doesn't mean it exists. It has to be documented somewhere that lives beyond the, the, the conversation. Um, the, um, you know, in terms of updating, so there is the ad hoc, oh, we forgot to update the system. If it takes less than, you know, one to two minutes, just update it and move on. Uh, the other thing we like to do is, you know, quarterly, take a look at your done versus due. Uh, so if you are categorically missing uh, a completion target on a certain service category, I don't know, your month end closes, you know, investigate, you know, why that is. Is it client-based? Is it team-based? We had a firm owner that, that followed this process. He would do this uh, monthly, actually. Uh, we, we thought that was a little aggressive, but if you want to do that, more power to you. 
And he would look for trends where the done date was exceeding the due date by, by more than a handful of days. And because they lived by the rule, if it's not in Jetpack, it doesn't exist. He would open up every job and he would, he would look at the notes and he would look at the comments and he'd say, where are people getting stuck? And there are a lot of innocent comments, right? Because, you know, they might, they might ask for, you know, file information on a client. They might ask, might ask where to upload things, but you know, these things is like, they're, they're like death by a thousand cuts. Right. And so you, you, you get the person out of their zone of trying to complete the work. And then they ask a peer member and most of us hire really great empathetic people. And so they said, yeah, of course I'll help you. Now you have two people not really doing the job because they're trying to triage where information lives. And so he was just methodical about saying like every month, again, I think that's a bit aggressive, but if you have the time for that, more power to you. They were looking at it quarterly. Our other firms we, we recommend look at quarterly and just done versus due by, by team, by service, by, by client and look, open up the notes and see ways you can update the system based off of where people are getting stuck in those comments and in those notes. The ticketing system, you know, it's the, the IT equivalent of it, but implementing it at first and we had start so company started 2014 i think we started doing it 2015 initially it was it was a we would write an email and then leave the email as unread and write emails back to ourselves for notes and having like it was it was a terrible process it was it was something, but it was, we all got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, the, it was... the, the goal is to grow, right? If you, you know, if you're doing the same thing eight years later, you know, my goodness, you know, what's, what's going on, but, uh, right. And yeah. We I... always, we always have to start with what's, 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 what's the bandaid that fixes the, uh, the wound. And then you can kind of build better scaffolding. Yeah. We had a, uh, one of our acquisitions early on the, um, the CRM of like all their customers and stuff. It was just, it was one running word document of every single client and the notes on that client. So someone calls in control F, look up wow. their name, find them and add it to a running word document. It's like, gosh, at least put it in Excel so we could export this and put it somewhere. So that one was a, a giant, it was like, how did you guys exist? And I mean, it's like, it, I guess it kind of speaks to why they went out of business and it was a very inexpensive acquisition mm -hmm. of, of taking on the customers. But, you know, that process, I mean, frankly, having a poor process like that, it did not help them on the exit either. Because yeah, I mean, your, your asset valuation is just getting deteriorated when they open up the hood. like. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not knowing the number of clients that you have just in general off a ballpark, it's like literally a Word document that was just the entire company lives off a Word document. And I mean, you know, the amount of things that must have fallen through the cracks because of that. I mean, there's no alerts, there's no tasks, no there's, yeah. there's nothing. It's just like, you got this, right? And when it's small, though, you can do that. Like it can live in your head at first, but as the company grows, it's it's just impossible, especially when you have multiple people in the same space, like customer service, you know, or fulfillment or just anything when there's multiple people and it's not just a let me explain the answer every time. Cool. You've remember it. I have a really good person on the team, but 
being able to repeat that and, you know, people do leave. Like that is part of just any business. And hopefully you can hire better talent quicker than it goes out the door. And I mean, we've been very fortunate, like our turnover is very, very, very small. Like even since COVID, we've maybe, we had one person leave Mm, since, since COVID and two others that were let go for various reasons. So I mean, three people in, you know, in two and a half years, I mean, something to be said. I mean, also maybe it's just other reasons why they, why they stick around, but you know, when there's less confusion and less anger, people are also going to be happier at their jobs. So having these systems in place and having a software in place where all these things live, it takes stress off people's lives. And people usually don't leave jobs because of money. It's usually something internal where they're just like, oh, I'm fed up with this. It's not, mm-hmm. well, I mean, it, it can be, you know, like I don't get paid for all the work that I do, but all the work that I do is usually a result of the stress and headache that comes as a result of not having proper organization. It's so much easier to follow something and you just don't have to think about it. You know, like just having those things in place. Like I cannot stress how much I love just the topic and being on the other side of, (laughs) let me tell you how terrible it can be because we've, we've just, I think every business owner that's been around for a while just says, it's like, we've made every mistake in the book and like not having systematized processes or anything documented was one of said mistakes. And you don't realize how terrible it is until you're on the other side. And it's like, oh, this is the stuff that like books talk about. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you can't go beyond yourself really until you have, until you have your kind of uh, at a, you know, bare minimum, your fulfillment really organized and, and fine-tuned. And again, you're always going to evolve. And, you know, if you're growing, you're going to have to update your, your, your systems and your processes methodically, you know, so, you know, you kind of go from documenting individual contributor items, and then you go to, you know, hiring managers. And then all of a sudden you need this kind of like organizational operating structure around keeping everybody aligned and, you know, strategic project management and, and, um, you know, you know, how you treat goals and how those trickle down. I mean, there's this uh, never ending battle of, of uh, against yourself if you're growing a, if you're growing a business, but, you know, again, hopefully, you know, Jetpack workflow uh, and, and kind of the premise behind documenting, getting things beyond yourself kind of sets you up for that next stage of, uh, of growth uh, uh, personally, professionally, profitability wise. I mean, that's, that's what we're focused on. And increasing profitability in an organization, I think for, for anybody, you know, that's a very, very good thing to be doing, especially if you can maintain the top line, but increase the bottom line and without mm-hmm. a sacrifice of, oh, well, you know, we, the way we save money is by making everything worse. You know, that's never the, uh, right. never the end goal, but you turn off the putting out fires and you have like these, I guess, following the analogy, you know, smoke detectors in place that are going to stop it from getting out of control. 
having processes in place. So something that you could do in Jetpack, like setting up a like a documented check-in time tasks, things like that, or is that more for like a calendar? Uh well, I mean, if you're if you're doing live sync ups, we just think that, you know the calendar is probably the best item. Now you can set up a kind of weekly internal uh, job to kind of run through a standard list of questions and then check it off. Um, you know, it's really just depend on your preference. Uh, you know, a lot of the firms we work with, they'll create an internal client, uh, the same name as the firm, and they'll kind of document either some of their internal processes or recurring meetings or uh, just admin things that need to get done. Uh, so that's always our preference, but it just really depends on the complexity of what you're trying to organize. It's it's so cool that um, you know the the product's versatile, and Calendar Sync is always a great thing. And I know I, I won't name names, but our Calendar Sync with the CRM that we have is like facepalm a lot of times, where it's like, why did that just not sync? So we we just keep the calendars off on the side. I, I'm not sure how how that problem ever exists with uh, fortune 500 companies, but yeah, you know, not, uh, not for, for me. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people said like, Oh, your, your company does something that I wouldn't expect to be. I mean, everyone's got their, their pros and cons. Right. But uh, David, I want to be respectful of your time. Where can people find more about you and Jetpack workflow? Yeah, the best place is really jetpackworkflow.com. Uh, we have a free trial, 14 days. You get access to, you know, everything in our in our organized uh, uh, package. And so this is, you know, standardizing your, your services, automating those handoffs. We'll give you the reporting views. You can come in, uh, give it a look, connect with our team, and see if it's a good fit. Uh, if workflow feels a bit too uh, intimidating right now and you say, hey, that's really something I'm going to do next quarter, still go to jetpackworkflow.com and head down to the footer page. We have 32 spreadsheet templates that you can download to help jump start you on this journey of standardizing your work. Uh, we also have a digital copy of our book, uh, Double Your Accounting Firm, which we we built out from, from interviewing and working with thousands of uh, accounting firm owners. Uh, and then for me personally, uh, LinkedIn's probably the best. Just uh, search my name, David Cristello, and I should uh, pop up with a little blue background and, and uh, connect uh, on there. Fantastic. And as always, if you enjoyed the episode, please be sure to subscribe, share it, and we're going to have clips uh, highlighting the wonderfulness of David taking the spotlight on this one and me just saying like, yeah, my company was terrible for a very long time until I started using uh, the products similar to what, what uh, Jetpack Workflow accomplishes. So David, thank you so much for your time. And I really appreciate you being on the show. Yep. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Tech Talk for Accountants show. I hope you enjoyed today's guest. And remember, you can go to techforaccountants.net slash podcast to book a complimentary IT audit conducted by a technician certified by the AICPA in cybersecurity. Again, that's tech, the number four, accountants.net slash podcast.